Hello and welcome to this episode of Exposed, the podcast that exposes ideas and inspiration for UK businesses to stand out and succeed. Each episode, I'll be joined by a special guest who will reveal their tips and techniques to help businesses thrive. I'm Matthew Larkin, an award-winning entrepreneur, best-selling author and the founder of B2B Exposed, the UK's fastest-growing business-to-business network. Joining me today is Ian Dixon, founder of Unlock Success. Ian is an international speaker, author and business coach. He's won a number of awards and was recently highly, uh, highly commended as Business Personality of the Year at the Business Excellence Awards. He's often found speaking at our business expos and is here today to unlock his success. Hello, Ian. Hello, and thank you for inviting me. How are you? I'm um, good. Very good. It's Friday. It's Friday. I don't know what, what day people are listening, but today is These Friday. These go out Friday, Ian. Oh. So it's Friday today. This is going out today. So, so how, are, how are you? Because I haven't seen you in almost coming up a year, isn't it? Probably um, Southampton Business Expo last year was probably the last time we shook hands, yeah. We should probably get to see you more often, Ian, because when you come to, to our shows, I think you're the only person at Southampton, or any of our expos, in fact, that you've spoken at every single year. Yeah, and um, I'm just about to go back to do a show for the second time somewhere else. And I, I said, I, I don't know if I'm being invited back to apologise or whether it's because obviously we've done a good job, but to be invited back, I think it's five times, I think. So six. Yeah, six, so six times. most important th- thing for me is making sure that we bring fresh stuff, fresh content, um, fresh excitement, fresh energy. And you know, if we've still got people sitting on the floor and they're queued at the door, then we know that we're still doing a good That's job. It's queued so. to come in, not to go out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, we lock the doors. Once they're in, they can't get out. <laughs> so what sort of things do you share? Because obviously I don't actually get the chance to come in and see your, your seminar. But as a, as a keynote speaker, what are the sort of main things that, that you share? Because this year you're sharing 20, is it? If we, if we can get through 20, literally uh, 20 business tips that we've taken from my big 100, which is um, literally uh, things that you could write down and use tomorrow. And so whenever I get an opportunity to speak, one of the, the core messages that I try and get across is that everything I share, I've used in anger with businesses in in the in the marketplace it's not from a book it's not stuff that is theory and it's not rah-rah stuff this is things that if you go away and do this it will help so um i don't sell anything you know one of the things that, that i harp on about at the business show in fact i'm surprised they keep inviting me back is that i'm often heard to moan about the fact that these people will sell you a course for £37 and then lock the doors and try and sell you something for £2,997. Um, everything I, you know, is, is giveaway. And of course, your shows are completely free. So there is no cost at all other than somebody giving up a bit of their time. So, And how did you get involved with all of this speaking malarkey? Because you, know, you speak all over the world, don't you? I, I do get around now, yes. You know, we talked about it off air. Um, flattered to be able to get on aeroplanes at somebody else's cost to go and be able to share. Um, the free holiday. Yeah. Uh, the speaking thing was kind of a random thing. So uh, I coach business coaches, and, you know, it's one of the questions that they ask me. You know, is this something that I should be considering? Should I be getting into speaking? And I'm by nature an introvert, but uh, one of the things that was said to me uh, by a very wealthy man back in 2004 he asked me how how am I getting on and I said I'm, I was struggling with picking up the phone to do telemarketing and he said to me if you want to be successful in this business get on stage and so I took it literally I went away and started doing my own 
free seminars. I did over 300 of those. And then as I, the more of those I did, uh, what happened was people then started me to ask to speak at their events. And it slowly replaced mine. And then for about three years I was in the wilderness, I wasn't doing any of my own because I was so busy running around doing events for other people. So, um, and of course now I love to be able to share uh, my own content for my own audiences. So at least once a year, I'll commit to doing something that's mine. Uh, this year we're doing two, but um, uh, other than that, I've probably done uh, maybe 10, 12 events for other people this year, including the business show. And of course, Southampton Business Show, mm-hmm. November the 15th. 15th. Yeah. Plug, plug. And you're, but you're, you don't, you're not a speaker as such. You are a business coach. Your speaking is a byproduct of what you do, isn't it? On a Absolutely, basis. yeah. So, you know, uh, the one-to-many leverage um, is an absolute uh, winner for me because rather than sit down with people individually and, you know, I, I would say if it's not every day, certainly every week, I get somebody ask me, uh, have you got time for a coffee? And what that basically means is, can I pick your brains? And so, what you know, so the opportunity to be able to do a one-to-many kind of environment means that I I can get a message across to fifty, sixty, a hundred people rather than sitting down. Where I'd, you know, I would just never get it all done. So, um, it doesn't pay the mortgage, the speaking work. It sometimes pays for a holiday, um, but yeah, my core work is my one-to-one work. So, uh, which I love with a passion. So, and how did you get involved as a business coach? Because because you started off as in the police. Force? I did, yes. Um, Many I, years ago. Yeah, uh, 1979. That's how old <laughs> I am. So, um, yeah, 1979. And my wife likes to say, uh, she likes to remind me, she was one when I was a policeman. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, back in 1979, I, the, 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 there was obviously lots of things happened in between that. But in 2004, I got made redundant from a very high-profile job. Um, I went to a... A well-known coaching franchise seminar and uh, slipped into their very slippery funnel and then parted with over £60,000 and went away and trained and uh, I did that for about three years and then realized that actually I'm capable of doing this uh, on my own on the contrary actually I'm a, a bit of a rule breaker by nature and working within the confines of a franchise got me into trouble a few times because I was doing things that I wasn't allowed to do I could never own a, a McDonald's because I'd start putting onions in the burgers and painting the arches green so because I you know I like to what I call E&I stuff um, yeah, and so the short answer to the question is I got made redundant and I thought, how many people at 44 get a chance to go again? And I wanted to do something completely different. Um, and so I thought training or coaching was where I wanted to go. Um, and I haven't worked a day since. And what was that like when you were made redundant? How did that change your life? Um, it's as classic roller coaster as you'll ever get. So uh, it was the worst surprise party I've ever been to. I had no idea that I was going to get made redundant. Um, uh, I uh, left the building within 15 minutes. Uh, that drive home uh, it has been documented. There's a video about that drive home. It was an incredibly low time for me. Uh, I was about as low as any human being could be. Uh, uh, in fact the lowest I've ever been in my life and um, but it, that didn't last for very long uh, for about three weeks maybe uh, maybe a month and then this huge great fat check arrived and then I thought well this isn't all doom and gloom I've got an opportunity here I just need to make sure I don't mess it up 
And then I just completely flipped that on its head. And so the worst thing that ever happened to me, because I wouldn't have done that by choice, the worst thing that ever happened to me, I turned into, without a shadow of a doubt, the best day of my life. So because, like I say, I very flippantly say I haven't worked a day since. But there must have been a point where you had to motivate yourself to, to make a decision to buy into a franchise, you know, because that in itself is a big, yeah. can be a big risk. Yeah. So no plan B um, is uh, I took buttons off my shirts. I took the soles off my shoes. I borrowed money. Um, I ran my credit cards up to be able to get started. And so taking away the option of backing out, um, whilst it was incredibly, some might say, (laughs) crazy thing to do, uh, for me, you know, I I felt was um, the right thing to do. So you were made redundant. Yeah. And then you got yourself into further debt in terms of getting your credit cards to invest in yourself. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge risk, Ian. This is is not just go and get another job and carry on with your life. This is completely turning your life into a new direction. Most people would not do that. No. Most people wouldn't have the balls to go and do that. So you must have really believed in what you could deliver. Uh, yeah, and um, it's c- kind of interesting because I've had this conversation just yesterday with my uh, with my wife in the car. We were talking, and she was just relating a, uh, a story to something that was happening to her at work. And she said, "Those two words that you shared with me years ago are for me. They're also the two most powerful words. And these were two words that my mum gave me. Uh, God, I think I think I was about twenty. And um, uh, she said to me, I used to be a professional sulker. I used to be like Olympic standard sulker. And um, she sat me down one day and, and, and said, you know, everything that goes on in, a li- in your life is a choice that you're making. And the two words that she gave me were you choose. And so um, when I got made redundant, I could have chosen to turn that into a victim kind of mindset and, you know, go and get another job or what have you. Or actually uh, flip that on its head and make a choice about it being the best thing and turn it into a good thing. And for me, the only way to really fully commit, um, because I wanted to be the best, was to fully commit in every way. So, um, uh, So that I couldn't back out. The only way to go backwards was to go forwards. You know, I couldn't really, I didn't have any other choice. So... Um, and there have been times, so about 18 months, two years into um, doing this job, I was busted. And for a business coach to be busted, you know, is, you know, I Doesn't feel safe. Yeah, good, does it? <laughs> and, uh, you know, let's be honest, you know, there'll be people that listen to this that will know business coaches that have gone, that have busted. In fact, they probably know a lot of business coaches because it's a tough industry. Um, but I'm that far away from that now. I've shared the story lots of times, but I just basically overcommitted and mm. under-assessed how much I needed. So but also that must help you relate to your clients and other businesses when they've been in the same situation yeah. because you've come out the other side. Yeah, you know, I, I, I sat at my chair, sat in my chair in my little office in the back bedroom and looked at the screen and grizzled, you know, and thought, what have I done? You know, not only have I ended up so far in debt I don't know how to recover 
But, you know, I've, I'm two years on after being made redundant and I've got to go and find a job now. And I've, you know, I've failed again. So, um, and it was my coach that rang me up and I can't begin to tell you, I mean, I, I couldn't share the language, but he called out about eight things that I hadn't done because I was saying, you know, I, I, there's nothing else I can do. And he went, have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? And he just put the phone down on me. So he said, get out of the pity pit, sort your shit out. And then call me back when you've got all of those things covered off. Because if you step out of this industry, not only is it a loss for you, but it's a loss to the industry. You are definitely somebody that should be in this industry. So well, that, that was going to be one of my questions. I was going to ask you, do you have a business coach yourself? Not anymore. And the reason why I have, I've had three. Over the years, I've had three. Um, I, uh, one of the best ways for me now, I mean, I coach coaches, so that definitely helps. Um, but one of the ways that I get uh, kept accountable is my clients. They, they are, I learn from them every single week. And so they keep me on point, you know, they, they keep me accountable. If I, if I ask them and need them to do something, then of course I need to deliver against that too. So, um, so I learn from them now. Um, I spend a lot of my time in circles, for example, if I'm speaking, um, I get to see some very inspirational people. Um, and as and when I need uh, something, so about five, four years ago, uh, I was hungry to, to grow. Uh, I grow every week. I set out time aside to, to learn new things, but uh, I was very specifically looking for a new level. <clears throat> I spent four days with somebody, uh, who, if anybody listens doesn't know this guy, should check him out, a guy called Brendan Burchard. He did a four-day event in London, and I spent four days uh, heavily reinvesting back in me and um, when I got home I can remember Janet my wife saying to me she said who are you you know <laughs> who's this who person this yeah that's come home because <laughs> I was massively fired up you know with with things that I wanted to do so as a result so so the short answer is I don't have any one person now um, I, I, I tend to feed off my work to keep me motivated uh, accountable and to learn from so because that's one of the things isn't it is there's so many business coaches out there I have been looking for a decent business coach I cannot define give you my decent, <laughs> but I've been looking for a business coach and I have found that there are a lot of them that are following a formula or they've got their format and you have to as a client have to fit in within that and that's not that doesn't work for many businesses no so what's how are you different to, to other business coaches that are out there? <clears throat> so that was probably one of the first things that I learned and that I got into trouble for. When I started, I was working with a franchise that had a formula. And I can remember my coach at the time saying, if they don't fill in this focus sheet, they won't do their work. So they must fill this in. And I coached a guy for eight and a half years. I never saw him hold a pen. So I, I don't even know if he could write. So, um, and I've got clients who I do their dashboards for them. So, so I learned very early on, actually the most flexible uh, part of this relationship is me. You know, it's, it's about me finding, you know, I've probably got 20 different versions of a 90 day plan. Um, I've got at least six different funnels, um, uh, marketing sheets, so, uh, and they're all in, invented and created on the fly 
based on the person I'm, I'm sat with. There's seven billion different people on the planet. You can't work a system to try and make people work a particular way. Now, I want to caveat that to, to, to the extent that there are there is methodology that absolutely, if you follow this process, it works. But part of my job and part of the skill set that a coach, especially a business coach, should bring is the how-to element to, to work for the individual, not around, um, uh, you know, uh, trying to force a square peg into a round hole. It, it, you, know, you know, this is why uh, a big part of my work before I t- uh, went away and did my coach training was around psychology, NLP, uh, leadership, communications. I went away and did all of those, all of that training before I did my coach training. So, because I knew that I needed to get inside people's brains, not inside their spreadsheets and bank accounts and business systems. It's about unlocking people's minds. Yeah, and success. But what, so what sort of formula do you use? Do you have a formula? Do you have a set? a set thing that right. you so, work with with your clients yeah so in its simplest form um you know which is sort of part of my branding is, is this mindset knowledge and action so so the, the most important thing is understanding how somebody is wired so if i can um and so you know the guy that never held a pen i i knew that it was pointless trying to get him to fill stuff in and send it back uh, I've also sat down uh, with somebody recently that sat down on day one with a huge ring binder, A4 binder, with every stat and detail you could ever imagine, but was still struggling to be successful. So, so, uh, so even then, so then I've got to try and unravel the whole mindset element. So, so it's, there's always lots of mindset uh, activity early on. The impart of knowledge is the second sort of phase. And, and then the last piece, of course, is getting them uh, to, to take action. Because um, the, in its simplest form, a really good example is weight loss, right? So uh, if, if you sat and wrote that down, uh, how, you know, how do you lose weight? Is don't eat so much. You know, it's like how, go know, near the, the, the simplest system you could ever imagine. Yeah, you know, don't eat so much. But it's hard. It's tough. So, so if something as basic and as simple as weight loss... Um, is is difficult for for us to do then the accountability element of running a business most business owners know what they should be doing they're just not doing it so so the knowledge bit i i don't get quite so hung up about unraveling brains and getting them to do the stuff that they're not doing is the you know i'm giving all my secrets away but that is essentially the secret to the success that i've had over the last four years and it must years. be really important to find out what motivates them yeah exactly so, that's i find that really hard because it's to not remember. always money it's yeah. you know on the contrary so um i can remember a guy that came to one of my seminars years ago he had been up 26 hours got three he's got three kids uh, based in Southampton, um, and he looked like he'd been up 26 hours. And um, it, he's got staff. Uh, he was, uh, runs a print broker and large-scale printing, and he's doing some stuff for Southampton Football Ground that they needed the following day. And his large-format printing needed the cartridge changing every four hours, and nobody would support him on it. So as a business owner, he stayed in and did that work. And he wasn't spending any time with his kids. So, so for him, it was he was time poor. He was making good money, but he, you know, he was resentful of his own business. So, um, uh, so uh, time, uh, time is definitely a big one that uh, people struggle with. Um, money, of course, sits in there, and then uh, employing the right people—that's a really common one. Where uh, I've got a lady at Petersfield, she's just not good at getting the best people, and so she's sort of throwing the towel in, saying it's 
impossible and of course it's not so I've, I'm sure we've any, any, even our listener will have been to a restaurant recently where you look around and all the staff are amazing and you think well where do they get all these people from because you can go somewhere else and it's dire and you think you know they've attracted all the all the worst people so um, recruitment's a, a big part of my sort of offering there's lots of ways uh, that you can attract the best people so yeah you know time team of money is is probably the the highest level of, of process or system that I run uh, but underneath that of course it's a complex um, because people are complex so um, but we try and get some quick wins very early on um, I've got I was with a lady last week um, she had her best month in te- well she's in her 10th year so best month in, and I've only been working with her for four months so um, I you know I came I was whistling when I left this is why I love this job so much um, uh, I had a guy last year he jokingly said I want to grow my business by 100% and um, I said write it down you know we'll make it happen you can do that and he he, he sat and cried when last Christmas because he'd done it wow. and um, he, he said to me I wrote it down but I genuinely didn't believe I was going to be able to do it so and that was an easy win you know that was actually quite a a very uh, simple change in the way that he worked and we literally almost to within a percent got him a hundred percent growth so wow and without giving too much away what would you say (laughs) is your favorite technique um, it's it's getting people to believe that they can do it. So um, you know, we we all do. It. We in fact, we all convince ourselves. We say, well, I haven't got time, or I'm too busy, or I'm stacked out, or you know, because our stuff always gets moved down the list. And so I think a big win uh, or a, a simple thing, which I, I think you know, if we can, uh, if you're able to stop all the other business coaches from listening, so that they don't steal this away. Um, but you know, you know how, how abundant I am. <clears throat> in fact, I coach coaches is mindset most business coaches um you know they'll come into this industry from an accounting background or from a a a business type background my background although i've done a gazillion different jobs i'm a people person everything has been around um uh, uh, getting the very best out of teams and getting the best out of people so that's a straight transference into what i do so so sitting down with somebody and convincing them that they can do something is uh, uh, because then you know if you think about it uh, belief determines behavior and behavior determines outcome if you can change somebody's belief that that that, that something is achievable they will then go away and do something to to make that happen and then of course that gives them the outcome and then you know once they start seeing those changes um you know the momentum starts to build and then everybody's having a beer so you know everybody's getting to enjoy it and is it important for people to have business coaches why do why does a business owner need to have a business coach so um i'm working with a lady at the moment who is doing what i call management consultancy a fairly new into the industry and uh she's frustrated that um you know she's not picking up work right now so and one of the things that i learned very early on is that you've got to kiss a lot of frogs to find people that will yeah so and you know to give you a really broad round number um i know for a fact that almost without exception every single business owner could benefit from what it is that i offer as a um as a product 
but only one in a hundred is interested. One in a hundred. Like, it's like so, like, it's, it used to drive me nuts. I'd stand up at events and people would, you know, big rah-rah, they all go away chaffed and then they they don't do anything with the, you know. So it, two types of people, those that are on the bones of their backside and it's like last resort, help, help, help. And those that have reached a plateau and they're driven, motivated, you know, like you, you are definitely somebody that is the latter. Very motivated, very driven, uh, high levels of tenacity, um, know what they want. And then sometimes it's just about how do I get to that place and who can I bounce that off of? They're the kind of people that, they're the one in the hundreds. It may even be a bigger number than that, to be honest with you. Um, And it was a big conversation I had with my coach early on. You know, it's just get your head around the fact that if you've got 35 people in the room, you you might be lucky if there's one in that room that ultimately is going to want to sit down with you. Because as human beings, we don't like, I don't like being held accountable. Mm. You know, I'm trying to write a book. I, we had a conversation yeah, about we writing did. books. Yeah, a while and ago it, you know, now. People You've nag, still not written it. No, people Come nag me you. rotten. People, <laughs> I've, I've got illustrating everything. Emma Paxton's illustrating for me. So... Um, we're, we're a long way in now it, it's definitely coming um, but you know it puts the hairs up on the back of my neck because I'm being held accountable so so I know that it's a special type of person that feels comfortable being held accountable so but I'm a nice guy yeah, so, but it yeah. helps people get stuff done doesn't it when when they've got somebody there supporting them backing them that is, you know that's one of the if you go to ask any of the people that I've worked with over the years they'll tell you one of the big bonuses is having somebody to talk to because they can't talk to their other halves they can't talk to their team so um, somebody sent me some stuff yesterday that she's doing a presentation said can you just red pen this for me before I go and do this so where else is she going to send that she just go and do it so um, yeah so you know there's there's, there's lots of uh, facets to having uh, a, a business coach to help you really I, I don't really want to sort of plug the whole business coaching thing I think the one in a hundred they, they kind of find out for themselves and then it's just going to trying to find the person that's right for them really and if anybody's listening and they're interested in hiring a business coach are there any risks working with a business coach yeah lots really I think um, from an industry perspective because it's an unregulated industry I don't want to use the most word but uh, a lot of business coaches uh, are unskilled untrained inexperienced um, but they're able to wear that badge and uh, you know a bit of a soapbox for me is this difference between opinion and advice they will give you their opinion they will give you their opinion uh, not uh, in a derogatory way that they, they are ultimately trying to help but it is just an opinion and I think part of the struggle part of the, the challenge is you end up in a position where you think actually I'm going to get a business coach um, and then it's about finding um, a the right business coach because there is definitely a personality element to it but also somebody that credentially uh, is going to be equipped to help you and you know we talked a little bit earlier about uh, experts uh, eight to ten years to position yourself as an expert um, qualifications in different types of elements of business um, uh, credibility from results testimonials they're all the sort of things that if you're somebody that's looking for a coach due diligence is the key ultimately go and speak to their clients Although speaking to clients doesn't tell you whether or not you'll do your stuff. It just tells you that they did theirs. So, but what they will tell you is whether or not, you know, the, the guy or girl is any good and how they worked with them. So, 
Um, I'm, I'm giving you long answers to short questions, but then I guess that's what podcasts no, we want to we so. want to get all of this from yeah. you because I think it's really important for people to understand why a business coach can actually help them yeah. because. I know a business coach will help me. I just haven't found the right one yet. And you could say that about multiple things in my yeah. life. But there'll be lots of people that have been scratching their heads thinking, you know, do I need a business coach? I am sort of getting by, but how can I now take my business to a next level? Um, you know, one of the things, uh, God, it just sounds like I'm selling stuff and I'm not, but one of the things that I introduced, I bet it was over 10 years ago, is a thing called a business booster, which is um, three business coaching sessions that you take when you want to take them because you won't know sitting down just once and then going away and doing so or going to an event or whatever it might be so so i encourage people to 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 buy three and to 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 understand is am i congruent with the process is this somebody that will get me to do stuff that i wouldn't ordinarily do um all all i can you know what i say is is a bit of a cheat is i guarantee that it works I just can't guarantee that you'll do the stuff. So, um, but after 14 years, I have, there is enough information and enough evidence to know that the process definitely, definitely works. So it's just about finding the right person for you. You know, sports sports coaching is, is, is the best analogy. There has never been an Olympic winning athlete that didn't have a coach. It just doesn't happen because they get the best out of you plus 10 percent yeah and it's the plus 10 percent which is the difference between winning and losing yeah so which is that great book uh, will it make the boat go faster yeah, yeah. so there must have, in your 14 you've been a business 14. coach for 14 years there must have been a point when you realized that you were good at what you do so again who was i talking to yesterday about remaining humble and keeping my feet on the ground i was at a networking event anyway um uh, I still pinch myself, in all honesty, um, when I get invites to, to you know, when I got, I, I got invited to Sandhurst this year, um, and uh, I had to double read it, um, I got uh, invited to Africa last year, and I threw that, I put it in my in the bin, that email, so I threw it you away. You didn't believe that no, it was no, a real was invite. So, um, so even to this day, I am still, like, trying to work it out as in as because because i love it as much as i do it's not a chore so you think um i guess they're they're the things that we generally good at in life anyway if you know if you like temping bowling then you're going to get good at temping bowling so um so i probably knew once i got to the other side of the um uh, standard business owner fail you know and i was right on the cusp of imploding and going and uh, getting another job and once I got to the other side of that and uh, things started to pick up and the work started to come and I was uh, enjoying it more and more, then I thought that I must be quite good at this. And then I started coaching coaches. And so then when you're coaching coaches, you think, well, now I'm not only giving back to the industry, but I'm, I'm actually helping other coaches to become successful. The, the, don't, these other, don't, these, don't these other coaches just nick all your ideas? Yeah, you, but if you speak to any of them, you know, there's yeah. one that is less than five miles from me and I'll, I'll, I'll sit in the same room as her and I'll stand up at a networking event and promote her services. So 
because uh, in truth, uh, Matthew, there aren't enough good ones. And so I never got a leg up. And whenever I find uh, a good business coach, I will do my very best to make sure that they stay in the industry and that they get the help that they need to, to get through to the other side of the, the, the beginning part of the challenge. So being recognized as one of the good ones. So, so I'll always endorse, promote and support. So I could give my content away all day long and it all changes tomorrow. So, you know, this is part of the, the, the dynamism of, of the industry. It's constantly changing. So um, stuff that I share at the Big 100 this year, a lot of it was different to what we shared last year because, the you know, the being in business changes. And it's not just about, look, this is all the content. You can throw all that all day long, right? But it's about how people work out how that can work for them. And yeah. sometimes that's what they need the help with. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so I do a you know one of my mark. I'll get a straight giveaway from the big one hundred. I do a thing called uh, five aside. So if you have a, a business where you go to people's houses, um, is to leaflet drop five aside, and that leaflet needs to say that only your neighbour. The reason why you're getting this is because your neighbour, so that they know that it's not a standard leaflet drop. And so um, I've used that in probably five maybe six companies over the last few years uh, to great success but they've all used it in a different way but the concept's exactly the same so and this this is a top tip from your big from the big 100 big 99 event now yeah (laughs) well (laughs) next year next year will be another one there'll be something to replace that yeah so uh, but yeah but that's a good example of a standard uh marketing activity that somebody that listens to this will think how could i apply that to my business so i do another one called flip-flop flyers where if you can't afford to put flyers out for yourself is to flip-flop it so you'd be on one side and have somebody completely different on the other but you have the same demographic of customer that you're looking to attract so um mot's and um shirt ironing and laundry service completely different same demographic same geographic and they complement each other so so pair up with somebody half the cost or double the circulation and i've been on your big 100 Mm. event oh yeah last year i've been on that and again we don't want to use this as a sales platform to just plug you but i have to say Actually, I will say this: it can, it might be for some people overwhelming. To, oh yeah, to definitely. Have a hundred things because it's literally one after every three the minutes, other, right? But actually, you don't need the hundred, and you, that's why we do a hundred. Yeah. yeah. So how many do they actually really need to take away and think? Actually, those. Right. So at the end of the day, as you'll remember, at the end of the day, I we give people time to go back through the hundred and find top their top twenty, and from that twenty, find ten. Because if you can't find 10 in 100, there is something else wrong. So the, the whole idea, the whole concept is you throw 100 bits of stuff at the wall uh, in the hope that at least 10 of it will stick that is relevant, appropriate and usable by absolutely every single soul in the room. So um, uh, yeah, so you condense it down. So, so there'll definitely be things in there you think, well, that wouldn't work for me. Um, but they'll de- the, the, in all honesty, the biggest challenge that people had was how do I get this down to 20? Because at least half of this stuff is relevant to me. So which is why people came back the second year. So uh, to try and condense that down, because I, I had clients come, they sat down with me afterwards and said, half of this stuff we haven't even done on our one-to-one stuff. So, you know, I don't even know how to get into some of these things. You know, how do I get started with this one? How do I get started with that one? So you've obviously helped a lot of your clients achieve big success and big goals that they've wanted to achieve. But what would you say is your biggest 
uh, achievement in business? Uh, to still be here, to still be going. After um, all these yeah, I, there, I don't think there can be that many that nobody's are stupid yet. enough. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> yeah, I'm still getting away with it. Um, I think some of the standouts for me are some of the international work. Um, I was the first, uh, or am, I don't think they've had anybody else in since. <laughs> I'm the first civilian to be invited into Sandhurst uh, to speak. I didn't speak to their um, trainees. I spoke to their trainors. So right. 250 uh, officers and academics. I spoke to the trainers at Sandhurst. So um, that when I'm when I retire, that gig will still be one of my standouts. Um, I've recently been impro- approached by Nats to do some work there. Again, you know, they shared with me that this would be new for them. So they're the kind of things that make me incredibly proud and make me look skyward and know that you know because a lot of what I do is related to legacy with my mum and so they're the things that I drive away from those venues looking Scarwood thinking should be proud so um, it's never about money it's it's never about um, my own personal uh, growth or brand it's genuinely genuinely about seeing other people succeed you know it sounds a bit cheesy you know that I don't even know who said it but if you help I think it might have been Zig Ziglar if you help other people achieve their things in life you know you'll achieve yours um, uh, I, that's a big one for me So, and of course I, I'm a living example of that so I've been able to enjoy that success because I've helped other people achieve theirs and what's your vision then for the next few years if you to keep, you know, to I'd, I'd like, I, I want, I haven't really done uh, as much work in America as I would like so that's on my shopping list I did some work in San Diego uh, twice uh, in San Diego I could have torn my plane ticket up to come home from San Diego I, I had worked there straight away um, I did some stuff on the east coast uh, uh, but this is going back a good six seven years so I want to go back to America um, yeah just to carry on um, supporting others I, I'm going to start doing some more video work uh, 2019 uh, I've just stripped out all of my YouTube channel that's going to be uh, so look out for that. I'm I'm definitely going to hit big uh, YouTube in 2019. I've got a very interesting strategy which I'll tell you about off air uh, because um, yeah I'd, I'd much rather that it was launched properly in 2019. But that that's a big thing for me over the next few years. Because so. there's a lot of people that do videos, you know, on their phones and stuff, and that's and that's good. But for people like you as business coaches. It's got to, you've got to make sure that you're getting the you've right got to set the mark. Got, yeah, 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 set the mark. So, um, and I'm still playing with that this year. I've definitely feel confident because with some of the feedback that I've had, I know that we've started to up the quality of what we're putting out. Uh, the content, of course, um, should always be the same, but we talked off air about the importance of the quality of what you're putting out. Um, and I know that you work closely with people that, um, you know, that that's their widget, you know, that's their product. So, uh, and I, I'm a great believer in seeking out the services of professionals uh, to help you with that, uh, to give you the edge over um, uh, the, the, the you know, others that are just using their phones and, um, and a set of headphones is that take yourself to the next level with it. And as a business coach, of course, I need to be seen to be doing that. And what would you say is your biggest lesson that you've learned as a business coach? You know, your time with the police and you mm. know, all the jobs that you've done. What would you say is your biggest lesson in business? Um, consistency, I would say. You've got to keep going. 
um, recognize how long it will take. Uh, I, I think uh, I'm kind of glad that I was naive to that. So um, it's an interesting thing that uh, before I did my coach training, I, um, as part of my coaching uh, uh, franchise, if you like, uh, I was given uh, 10 pre-booked appointments so that when I came back from my training, uh, I would have some appointments to go on. And those appointments were booked before I did my training. And so instead of canceling them, I went on the first three and two of those three signed up for coaching before I went away and did my training. So when I went away to do my training, I thought, well, this is going to be easy. Yeah. So, but of course, it's not like that at all. And in 2004, I've got to tell you, it was tumbleweed. It was tough. So it's, it's still tough now. You know, as I say, one in a hundred. So, um, so I think uh, recognizing, uh, from, to go back to your question, what have been the biggest learnings, recognizing how long it takes, um, being tenacious, uh, integrity, uh, being open, honest, and always upfront. Um, I'm about as transparent. Uh, abundance. Uh, I, I, honestly, I know that I'm an exception. Um, and not just in this industry, but in all of business, people are, are not abundant. And I'm going to keep banging the abundant drum because there is plenty of everything for everybody. Just in where I live, there are 35,000 SMEs. So, you know, why am I uh, marketing in Guildford? I don't need to market in Guildford. There are plenty of SMEs uh, around me. So, which is why I'm happy to stand up and promote other business coaches. Uh, I, I coach 30 different companies, you know, I'm always looking for new work, but um, if there's 35,000, I could stand up and promote other business coaches all day long. Mm. So there's plenty. So, yeah, so th th they're the kind of big learnings for me, really. I think um, you've got to love what you do. Um, it's a very, very uh, interesting industry because I get to take the medicine every day. Uh, you, you can't do this job without getting off on it too. So when I see clients have record months, that for me is a record month. So that's the biggest buzz ever. So, uh, and when I see people literally emotionally get upset because of the success that they've had and they've been battling against, um, that's, you know, it's not about the money. So obviously I need to get paid, but that is absolutely is not why yeah, I So you must feel proud all the time when they're, when they're achieving the stuff that they've set out. I'm on the bus. Yeah. I'm yeah. on the bus. So, um, and, and actually, you know, go back to that question about who's the right business coach. I think... Um, it is a really good thing to try and understand very early on what's in it for them uh, because I do see a lot of coaches that are you know they're ultimately they're, they put their own interests before that of their clients actually out of necessity they're trying to earn a living um, but uh, once you can get that around the other way and you can start getting um, your clients interests at heart as a priority that's when it all starts to fall into place for sure so well yeah. i think all of our listeners have have learned a lot about your business background mm. and stuff like that but i think it's about time that we learn a bit about your personal life Ian. oh my go god have you heard the 60 second roundup if you haven't it's where we spend 60 seconds asking you quick fire questions on the clock 60 seconds and we just need one word answers so are you up for that i'm up for that you ready producer yep. mark producer mark's ready on the clock so we'll start now, what's your favourite biscuit? Digestive. Favourite film? Top Gun. Uh, indoors or outdoors? Indoors. Coronation Street, Emmerdale or EastEnders? None. Really? I don't watch any soaps. Favourite board game? Board game? Yep. Risk. Waitrose or Asda? 
Waitrose. I was going to ask favourite TV programme, but we'll skip that. Uh, cats or dogs? Dogs. Favourite time of the day? Morning, definitely. Lord Sugar or Donald Trump? Sugar. Favourite sport? Formula One. Twitter, Facebook or LinkedIn? Yes. Android or iPhone? iPhone. What's your biggest weakness? Uh, I'm shy. Great strength? I'm shy. And three words to describe yourself without using the word shy. (laughs) (laughs) Congruent, honest and abundant. Why did you say shy? Uh, Because it's kind of interesting. So so I'm doing a business show this year, Um, 25,000 people there. And I stepped away from that earlier this year um, to not do it. And I've been invited back and I can't wait. Now, if you put me in the business show, in the audience, I'm nervous. If you put me on the stage to present, I'm excited. That's why it doesn't make sense. Because you do all this speaking in front of everyone and then describe yourself as shy. And I think if you speak to actors actresses they will all tell you exactly the same there's lots of evidence of introvert extrovert so um, i am genuinely somebody that flushes up i am shy i am nervous i don't like being in with big groups of people uh socially for 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 sure Uh, i caught very few friends but I crave the opportunity. That's the ego in me. You know, I'm just really honest. The ego in me absolutely uh, recognises the fact that if you get an opportunity to speak to an audience, that's a buzz. It's a big buzz. But I am genuinely shy. So I'll try and avoid a party if I can. So And to host a party, my goodness, no. <laughs> you... <laughs> so, All right. We've got one question left. And I ask this a lot to people. Um, so it'd be interesting from from your perspective what the answer will be, um, because a lot of people assume that success is measured financially. But as a business coach and you personally, how would you define success? This is one of my all time favourite questions. In fact, um, it's another one from the Big One Hundred. Is de- uh, define what success means to you is is the tip, and um, uh, everybody that listens to this will know financially successful people that are unhappy actually probably know often the majority Mm. of people that are financially successful are unhappy so actually the definition of success by my um, definition is that you start and end your day happy and that you feel fulfilled and content and that comes back to those two words which is you choose so and so by definition, the short answer to the question is success is that you have an opportunity to contribute and be happy as a result of being able to contribute. Um, the The money element of life is a really interesting thing. So I used to live in a, a very posh marina. And in fact, you visited me yeah. there. So uh, the house two doors down um, was sold for £600,000. He gutted the house, refurbed it. He spent £250,000 on a big boat and put it on the mooring in the garden. He put a Lamborghini in the carport. He never lived in the house, never drove the car and never took the boat out of the marina. He sold the house, sold the boat and sold the car. So now all of those elements would be considered successful elements. But my guess is that the guy wasn't happy. 
So, so happiness is ultimately what makes you happy. The true cost of anything in your life should be the amount of time you're prepared to spend on it. And if you're spending your time doing something, then that should be something that makes you happy. That's, you know, you know this, is, this is this thing about business coaching. I have never coached a business. I coach people. So it's just a coincidence that they happen to run a business. So, and they're the kind of things that have profound effects on people when you start to dig deep and start asking questions. Well, what are you doing all this for? So, you know, is it the, don't get me wrong, if people's measure of success, I've been sent pictures where people have ended up with a million pounds in their bank. They've sent me WhatsApp pictures saying, look, we've finally done it. That sent them home happy. As long as that's what's making them happy, then that's great. So, but by my definition, my, my measure of success is just being happy. Fantastic. Ian, thank you very much for coming on to today's uh, Exposed podcast. Join us again soon when we'll be exposing more insights into the life and business of our next guest. So until next time, goodbye. Thank you very much. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Exposed, the podcast that exposes ideas and inspiration for UK businesses to stand out and succeed. Subscribe to Exposed on Apple Podcasts. Book into our next event as an exhibitor or visitor by heading to b2bexpos.co.uk. This podcast was produced by Redbook Productions. Head to redbookproductions.co.uk to find out how you can create more marketing content for your business.